G'day, folks. It is the coach. Welcome to Talking Stormcast Eternal. Don't touch your dial. It is not Groundhog Day. Uh, we are talking Stormcast again. Literally, what a week since I last spoke to know. Um, we had a good discussion. We were talking from a, a very competitive level with an ITC player. And I have someone of equal status who's going to have potentially a different perspective, but also maybe some similarities i guess um i'm here with I'm... measured gaming's joel mcgraw you are you've been on the channel i think this is the first time you've been here as a stormcast fan you are normally talking to me about beasts of chaos and this man just for clarity does really well with beasts of chaos so if he can do well with beasts of chaos and i know you're not picking this up for the first time you have been a sigmarite fan since like way back and um, yeah um, yeah yeah, Since I yeah, first came yeah. out, yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not like Joel has just jumped onto this from a beast of chaos. Going <clears> right, cool. I'm sick of the herd. Uh, I'm going to be, be a stormcast player. You have been running them for a while now. Ever since I've known you, you've always kind of like it's been your, it's been your holiday spot with beast of chaos as well between those two. But, um, I guess we're going to talk stormcast. We are, yeah, yeah. Uh, really keen to be back here, mate. So thanks for having me on, and keen to talk about. Well, my favourite army, I suppose. Yeah, as you were saying, it's sort of it's about fifty-fifty <laughs> uh, between them and Bok. So yeah, I mean, I like I mean, the double. Chaos is great. They're, you, like they're, yeah. they're they're a good army, and you have got some list science, and it takes a, a skilled pilot to handle Beast of Chaos. But we've obviously got the new book, right? So if you people are joining in for the first time, we have the new Stormcast Eternals book. We've had the FAQ. Hot off the press 24 hours ago, we had Storm Drake changes. We'll come to that. I want to get your opinions on that, but hold it for now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm going to do a couple of videos, folks, on Stormcast Eternals because it is a, big, a book, a, a massive book. It is probably the thickest book out there in the mortal realms, not even considering your allied pool, right? You've got like almost 100 war scrolls. So I want to get some different thoughts, some interesting ideas around Signs of the Storm, on <clears throat> Storm Keeps, on, you know, Hallowed Knights, Hammers of Sigma. Get a whole variant to go, right, well, if I don't want to run that Mortal Wound Protection uh, Storm Keep, then, you know, it's not the only way to build, or at least my perspective is, you know, there's more than one way to build. But I think a lot of, a lot of Hammers is getting a lot of focus. But before we get into that, Joel... Tell people who you are and why you got into the Stormcast Eternals. Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, well, I'm Joel McGrath. Been I'm the Overlord of Measured Gaming. Uh, we've got our own YouTube channel and podcast. Uh, <laughs> not suitable for work. I was going to say, not suitable for work. Not suitable for work. Great battle reports. Really good for <clears> me. <throat> I think you were one of the first to start looking at battle reports from a very competitive point of view because you do have a lot of players who have a very masters or aspiring masters player so you always have a very technical lens but also a lot of a shit talking kind of lens so definitely don't yeah. put it on at yeah. work uh, or around the kids <laughs> we like to have a bit of fun and like play hard you know as well so it's yeah it's, it's a good mix our battle reports are nothing like season of war you know it's shaky hand cam uh <laughs> yeah pretty sort of garbage content but some people enjoy it so uh, it's not for everyone but 
yeah, for those that do watch and subscribe and all that. So, yeah, thank you. But it's um, good, it's good yeah. fun. You, it's good fun. And you're here on your own merits, right? You know, you are uh, a top level Australian player. You do well competitively across the scene. You're always up in the top in the rankings. Um, so I thought, you know, I really wanted to get your competitive perspective and anything we discuss here, folks, as always. It's not to say that a particular unit is rubbish. If we don't talk about evocators and sequiturs, it's not saying that you shouldn't run them. Do You do you. Go run the army. But if you're thinking about going to a tournament and you want to do well, you want to go three and, you know, three wins, four wins, maybe even win the whole event with five wins, um, this is really why I want to kind of pick Joel's brain to understand how he's looking at it from a very competitive perspective. Mm. Um, well, with the book being so large... Uh, there's so many options and there's so much versatility and tools and just you name it, it's got it, you know. And so it attracts a lot of different play styles. Uh, it can adapt to a meta that changes all the time, you know. So, yeah, I think it's a really good book to play competitively and you get to learn the game well with them as well. So, yeah. So maybe maybe let's start <clears> off with, um, you know, the hobby side, right? Like what got you into Stormcast Eternals? And then we'll get into the weeds and understand, like, you know, what's changed and how are you thinking about it competitively? Because, you know, you and I have both been here from the start. We've seen Stormcast Eternals through every single evolution. You've had three generations of models. We've had, you know, we've had so many different little tricks from, you know, the Warrior Brotherhood to you had, was it the Gav Bomb to... You know, we have had so many different little names. I think it's, it'll be good to kind of reset to go, where are you at in third edition? But what got you into Stormcast? Yeah, so um, I never played fantasy. So um, Age of Sigma was my first dabble into uh, a fantasy setting uh, war game. And um, they were, you know, the army that I liked uh, in the in the starter box. So <laughs> picked them up and, um, yeah, split uh, the corn off with one of my mates here and, uh, it just sort of grew into, you know, 30-odd thousand points that I've got now. Um, I just love the aesthetic. Uh, I love the the lore behind them. I love the, you know, the Lightning Men sort of sort of style. So, yeah, it's just it's just awesome. Sigmar's a chat as well. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Hello, Knights, man. Gardas is he's my, like my favourite character of all time in Black Library. Um, yeah, I, I just love it. Love the silver, only the faithful, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I dig it. I dig it. I've actually got a Gal Moraz sitting up here, a full real life Gal Moraz. Uh, although nice. I, as people would know, I'm in Pyre Man. I'm about at the humans. I'm about the cities of Sigma. But I personally, if, if this is the first time you've heard me, you didn't catch the last show. And I highly recommend you check out the <clears> other <throat> discussions on Stormcast. I've been really drawn to the new armor. Um, I was never a big fan of the old style. And I know, Joel, you were a fan and I'm not going to rubbish it. It just wasn't for me. It just wasn't for me. And I really like the the, the new style. So for me, um, the aesthetics has finally caught me. Um, I think there's some really interesting things as well. I think the other big one as well is um, I've never been a big fan of helmets. Um, I didn't like the original Stormcast where they were all helmets, right? I love seeing mm -hmm. the faces because, you know, in the lore, at least the lore that I knew, you know, these are reforged heroes of the old world and the new world, right? The Age of Sigmar as well as the world that was. So I always wanted to know, like, who was behind the helmet? Who is this hero and what did they do and what do they look like and who were the champions? And I wonder, you know, under the helmets, is there a goblin? Is there an orc? Is there a Dwarden? <laughs> you know, surely they get reforged. It's not just, not just humans, but for me, the, the, the newer style and, you know, even things like the Evocators and their cloaks and things. 
have kind of dreamed yeah. of Stormcast and um I am yeah, but it's not that me. That's just like for me, I, I'm <clears> now actually excited. I've been reading the lore and I've been, you know, trying to understand chambers and you know the the different brotherhoods and the structures and um you know, what what who did what and where and you know the impacts of the realm gate wars and yeah. yeah. Well I think it was the Gates of Azir, the first sort of little novella that came out uh, with the original starter box for AOS. And um, at the end of that, uh, Vandus takes off his helmet and, you know, he's got the chiseled jaw and uh, he's chatting to the humans who they've sort of inadvertently saved. And, yeah, there was a good sort of connection there from the get-go. So that's, for some reason, that's always just um, stuck in my mind of who they are, you know. See, it's ironic because in the, what's stuck in my mind is um, I don't know if you remember the short stories before the uh, Soul Wars. Uh, we had that Malign Hortons, Hortons. Yeah, yeah Malign Hortons had a whole bunch of stories. And I'll never forget the Stormcast story where it was like a, a dad and his son living in a little house, yep. right? And they're sick. They're, they're sick, right? You know, they're, they're probably like Farmer Joe. We're trying to do their best in a, a struggling world. And I think they, I think from memory, this story was the Stormcast were approaching the house and they're probably like, yay, we're dying, we're <clears> sick, the Stormcast are going to save us. And actually, uh, the Stormcast go out and kill, kill the family and because I think they had Nurgle's rot or something. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, Stormcast are jerks. And then mm -hmm. I read another story about Stormcast and like the Cities of Sigma, I think it was like in the Cities of Secrets um, book. And like they looked down thinking like, oh, the Stormcast think they're all the heroes. Like, you know, we're, we're the ones manning the walls and we're the, we're the free guild guard doing all the hard work. And I think for me, I'm like, yeah, you stick to Stormcast. <laughs> um, funnily enough, both of those stories that you mentioned uh, feature Knights Excelsior, which we're going to be talking about later in my list. <laughs> but um, it, with that, with that, with that Malign Portance uh, short story, if you ask anyone uh, who read them at the time, which is the one that sticks out the most, it's definitely that. Uh, it just it really brought a different take to Stormcast. You know, it, well, because they're not cause having they're having the, that. They were they yeah. were the good guys, right? Like people were like, yeah, Stormcast are the goodies. They save the world. They uh they come in with their lightning, and then you kind of saw that other side is that order. And this this has been around from since the start. <clears throat> order isn't good. Order is no. order. Order isn't good. And it's that grey where it's like, well, they would do anything to protect the order, even if it means killing a, a, a father and son who had Nurgle's rot. Uh, yeah, it's it's all about perspective, isn't it? Like I'm sure Archaon and his followers think they're the good side. So. <laughs> It's, it's all about perspective. But, hey, look, I am a free guild warrior, a warrior aspiring to be a Stormcast. Um, you obviously got into the stories. I really like the models. We've kind of acknowledged that. Um, I want to talk about this new book, man. And, um, you know, we've had it for a couple of months now, and we've had the FAQ, and you've had some time to play with it. What's your take? How have you found it over the editions, or how have you just generally <clears throat> found the third book? Um. It's awesome. It's the best it's been. Um, I feel like the previous books uh, that came out were sort of lacking. Um, maybe not the first one because uh, that was, you know, a, a grey sort of area in the game and it didn't really have an identity yet, I suppose. And um, I feel like in the last book, the last two actually, kind of, well, no, it was just the last one, uh, lost a lot of uh, all the cool, unique stuff. And, like, this one's obviously worse again, but at least the units feel like how they're sort of meant to or how they sound in the law so yeah I'm, I'm loving this book um loving all the different units and 
yeah, I, I, I just love playing this army. Uh, <laughs> I think I've had maybe, it's only probably about 10 games because we're just coming out of lockdown as well. But, um, yeah, still get to lose or have a close game with them. And I've been playing different lists uh, every time. So they're very strong. Very by strong. the way, I, I, I want to make a formal apology, folks, who listened to the last video. Uh, I want to make a formal – this is, I think, the first time I've ever apologised on the channel. Uh, I want to apologise to the vindicators of the AOS community. You are not the <laughs> – no, the Vindictors. I kept saying yeah. Vindicators. I kept adding an A in there. And like, you guys, like, why do you have so many War Scrolls? Apologies, Vindictors. If you heard me in the last show, I was talking about Vindictors, not Vindicators. Move along. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not really dropping like... pie plates on people in 40K, are we, so? <laughs> I really like the book. It's not about me. I really like it. Uh, I think there's a lot of good options. You have a lot of new variety of models. It's not just about lightning strikes down and then kind of alphaing you know, you've got, uh, I think there's always been a criticism that Stormcast is slow. Once it was on the table through Signs of the Storm, it was always a slow kind of army. Yes, you had your Vanguard, <clears throat> the the like the pallet, like the Raptors and things like that. And they were kind of fast. Um, and you kind of relied on things like Gav Bombs or like the Lord Relicted to teleport you around the board. But I'm really happy to see options that aren't just about Signs of the Storm. You know, you can put down a chariot mm. and have some movement. You know, you've got some really good cavalry options. <clears throat> you know, you've got the Dracolines. You've got, um, like, you've got so many good options now that, you know, however somebody wants to build, whether it's shooting, combat, on the table, storm keep, drop from the sky, hero hammer, there's something for everyone. Yeah, and what you'll find as well is, um, even though translocation got nerfed, um, but with the with the scions, um, when when you drop your units down, there's generally more reliability of getting that charge. Like with rerolls, uh, if you're flying, you got the tempest lords uh, reroll the dice, um, annihilators reroll their charge rolls, and dropping down seven inches with thunderstrike units with the lord imperitant. There's a lot of little combos in there which you can do to make that strategy more reliable. So, and and um, actually, well, we're going to go through one of Joel's lists in a minute, but actually, Joel inadvertently made me realize a change that I didn't actually notice initially on my preview. And by selecting the model, like I was looking, I was doing some research today. I'm like, why has he got this unit in? And I'm talking about the prosecutors again. And I saw the oh, prosecutors. Yeah. I'm like, why has he got prosecutors? Because my experience at the time were I used, I ran a lot of prosecutors in my cities of Sigma order army in first. And the mm -hmm. models drove me insane. The really long wings, <laughs> they would fall over all the time. And I'm like, why has he brought them back in his list? And the coherency changed. I'm like, I wonder if this is why he's brought brought them back. Um, yep. Because obviously so, they've got a th good 3D6 charge, but um, yeah. we're kind of like ruining Christmas here. We're kind of spoiling the list a little bit. That's okay. We can talk prosecutors for a minute. I think they're, uh, for, the, for the points that you uh, pay for them, so either 110 or 115 with the with the javelins. Um, they're probably one of the best units point for point in the book for the specific role that you need them to do, right? So uh, essentially is what they do is they just uh, soak up and unleash hell uh, with a very reliable 3D6 charge nine inches away. Um, and, yeah, they sometimes they live, but who cares? It doesn't matter because uh, it... It means that you can just get your your heavy hitters like annihilators with grand hammers or sell some prime or fulminators or whatever into combat uh, without taking damage uh, on the way in, and yeah, that's a hundred and ten point investment which I'm going to ha happily spend every time. Uh, yeah, and, and and the coherency I didn't notice until today that they actually have a three inch coherency the same as the Stormdrake Guard, 
which means that, you know, you don't have to, like, it just means that you can do some cool things with pinning. You obviously have a lot more versatility with how you move them around the board. I really like that. Mm, I, I reckon anyone who played prosecutors in AOS 2 would be lying to themselves if they ever said that they were always in an inch coherency when they were playing. <laughs> it's just, I it's tried, I tried my hardest. I wanted to like break their wings or you tilt them sidewards so they were like, you know, crab crawling up the board because the wings were just a nightmare. Like I hated them. Yeah. Yeah, having having that three inch just makes it great. And like, if you're not versing a shooting army, you, they're a good screen as well. So they take up a lot of board space. Even if you just want to zone out someone else's ambushing or deep striking, it's yeah, hundred ten points, man. You can't go wrong. And as AT said as well, you know, you can set them up outside of nine inches to avoid redeploy because normally, you know, like a, a nine inch charge is, you know, what a twenty five percent success rate. But when you start adding in the three d six charge all of a sudden, actually, it's not that risky of a charge. And, you know, you, you can do some pretty cool things. And what's the average on a 3D6? is 10 or 11, isn't it? So it's very reliable. I think it works out to be about 50% a 3D6. Don't maths how many folks, but I'm pretty sure yeah. from memory, 3D6 and 9-inch charge is about 50-odd, you know, somewhere between 50 and 60 or 50 and like somewhere that that space. Yep. Um, so, you know, overall you're liking the book. Um, I, I, I really like the fact that, um, you're not landlocked to your artifacts or command traits. And have you found that that has changed the way you <clears throat> looked at your lists? Cause often you would take the best allegiance ability with the least amount of attacks. Um, has yes. that cha changed um, the way you've thought about the book? Yeah, it has, because as you're saying, you're not locked. So um, all you're doing is just adding another layer of synergy or buffs to your army. And it sort of pushes you to theme theme it a little bit. So again, Tempest Lords with the flying units, re-rolling a dice, really great for the Cells and Prime or the new dragons or prosecutors, you know, you name it. Uh, you got fellow knights, you know, it sort of, you want to be taking Stormkeep with Redeemers and, you know, fighting uh, on a four plus when you die and then exploding and all that stuff. Hammers of Sigmar is a great all-rounder. Um, I think uh, if you didn't have a particular one that you wanted, the six-up ward uh, near objectives, which is very generous. It's, what, 12 inches from an objective? Yeah, it's basically the whole table. Uh, <laughs> that's a really good one. And um, then, yeah, you know, you can unlock different battle line choices. So uh, Knights Excelsior, you unlock Paladins and... It just opens up a lot of different styles of armies and it's, yeah, quite diverse, I think. And none of them are really bad except for maybe, um, what was the good one? Anvils, yeah. Anvils. Um, I was going to say, like, Anvils was the uh, was the hot stuff in second edition. It was like shoot cast with Anvils, shoot in the hero phase, shoot in the shooting phase, long strikes would, you know, make you cry. And now it feels like that, you know, Anvils are now at the bottom and you're starting to see, as you said, um, many of the other different storm storm hosts step up and because you're not landlocked to some of those prayer or well, not prayers, but your artifacts, your command traits, you know, your allegiance stuff. Um, I think it started to make some really interesting lists, but it seems like a lot of people are, are just sitting in hammers. I, a lot of the top yeah. lists I'm seeing is very hammer focused. Why, why do you think that? And do you agree that, you know, hammers, because I guess if I'm a Stormcast player, and I'm watching, you know, the top performing lists. I'm hearing, you know, the the talking heads like me, and they're all saying, you know, hammers, hammers, hammers. I'm probably maybe ignoring some of the other parts of the book. Do you think, I guess, as a, as a two-parter, <clears throat> is hammers the only way to go? And 
I guess, you know, like how would you think about the other Storm hosts, you know, from a competitive to a, a not-so-competitive stance? Yeah. So, no, I think uh, there's a lot of different options other than Hammers. Um, I think why Hammers are so popular at the moment for is uh, making the Fulminators battle line. So, yeah, realistically, you're starting a 2,000-point list at, what, 300 and whatever points uh, down because, you know, three times five lives, right? So... Those uh, Fulminator units that you're buying are actually got a pretty good discount on them because it's not taking the all the Liberators. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot of good ones. So I'm a big fan of Excelsior, Hallowed Knights, um, mainly of the two, I think. Even Celestial Vindicators with like a, a Karazide build um, if you don't want to have to take uh, extra Relictors and stuff just to get the most out of him with the exploding sixes on the charge. Um yeah, sorry, what was the second question? You wanted me to rank them, did you? <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, don't, I don't need you to rank them. I guess, you know, I, I wanted to more think about, you know, of the, was it eight of them, are they all competitive? Is it just the Hammers of Sigma? Is <clears> it, <throat> you know, there's a batch of four or five that you would consider mm. for a tournament, given obviously the list will, will might influence that a little bit. I think uh, mainly the meta is going to influence the most popular and competitive choice, right? So, um if we start to go to hordes uh, in the next GHB, then you'd think that uh, Hallowed Knights with Gardas and a whole heap of Redeemers in Stormkeep is going to probably be the best bet, um, you know, just for all the extra uh, counting as models or counting as three. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't like to lock myself into one specific one. I feel like um, well, let's talk about the current meta then, Joel. A, Let's talk yeah. about the current meta. So your current meta, depending on where you are, obviously the it'll vary, but you know you have, um, I guess, the safe stacking, um, especially Hero Hammer, Archaon, Nagash, uh, Marathi, Hero Hammers, you know, Blood Knights, everyone on a two up, five up, feel no pain, Mega Gargans for days. You've got that kind of style. You've got yep. some some pretty heavy shooting armies at the moment, whether it's your Daughters of Cain, your Lumineth, even your uh, your Cruel Boys. They're definitely like tearing up the meta right now. Um, and you got a bit of magic, magical supremacy from you know Zench, Seraphon, Lumineth. Um, so that's kind of like our meta right now, like kind of where we yep. sit. Yep. So um, yeah, uh, to fight the big bads in the meta, you need heavy hitters, right? So that's where your Fulminators counting as battle line comes into it. Um, yeah, you know, and then having the six-up ward against uh, Lumineth shooting is also good, right? So, yeah, I, I feel like Hammers is probably one of the better ones at the moment if you want to play that sort of army. But I feel like you definitely need uh, a heavy-hitting unit or two, like a couple of good-sized Hammers, just to be able to threaten either shooting units or uh, dealing the damage you need to do to kill Mega Gargans, right? So that's a that's a big thing at the moment. It's a DPS it's a check. thing. Yeah, it's a yeah. massive thing. And, and you don't have the bodies, you don't have the cheap bodies to kind of block off an objective and say, you know, I'm going to try to push you away from the objective. You you know, some of some of these lists will have, you know, what, five-man five <clears throat> models, three-man models. You know, you're not running a lot of bodies and they'll just step over you. They'll just, you know, claim that objective and it's hard to get off, get it off them. That's right, yeah. Um, speaking of, of dragons, I, I wouldn't mind your hot take, uh, and I'm sure Stormcast fans might appreciate the hot take. We were kind of talking a little bit before we went live, and 
24 hours ago, we had the Warcom article to say that dragons are changing in their points value. Games Workshop did some additional testing based off community response. And I think it's what you, 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 you two, you, your unit of two Storm Drake Guard went up about what 55, 60 points. Um, Krondus and Karazai didn't go up in points. It was just no. the single, the double, and the Storm Drake Guard. Nitroconus. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Nitroconus. They all went up in points slightly. Um, what's yeah. your feeling as a Stormcast player? Because I'm sure the rest of the community. As you said on Twitter, they're like, yay, dragons, we we fixed them, yay, ignoring sentinels and other things that are kind of terrorizing. But where do you stand? Um, I hate the fact that uh, it's not so much, I don't really care about the points of dragons, right? I just want to make that very clear at the moment. I, I feel like, though, that it's good and bad, right? So the good thing is that they've listened to the community and the backlash and about the models which haven't even come out yet. But uh, the way that I see it is the models haven't, you know, come out yet. So how can you, what data do you have, right? So I've got I've got uh, a very big opinion about this, but I don't think your channel's appropriate for it too much. But, um, yeah, you know, we've, we've gone through a lot as a player base of having the winter FAQ be lacklustre because of no data. I just... I. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to get into it too much. I no, that's fair. No, but, that's fair. I, I think I yeah. think it's important for at least Stormcast fans to hear um, what your thoughts were. I think I think for me, just look. I think as an observer, and I haven't played the Storm Drake Guard, so I can't comment from experience. They seemed a little bit too powerful for their points value. I welcome the additional playtesting. I welcome the points increase if they feel that it's overpowered. And my sense said, yes, it was. But I will say that I would like consistency. And the community has whinged about uh, Lumineth Sentinels now since day one. Um, People have whinged about other things. And it's Gottrek, for example, Gottrek not being a leader. My, Mm. My hope is that they are consistent and they do the same that they did to the Storm Drake Guard. That's my yeah. Take. If they if they keep going and don't just stop at the Storm Drake Guard, uh, then fine, bring it on. You know, fix Pink Horrors again, rewrite the War Scroll for the fifth time. You know, uh, do something to Sentinels, not just points, but you know, let's let's make them more a bit more, bit, uh, a bit more interesting. You know? Yeah, yeah, cool. Hell, uh, hey, just... Don't don't just stop at points. Rewrite the whole War Scrolls. Let's do it. You know, change <laughs> yeah. it up. Yeah, I, I look. I think I think it'd be. I think the only positive thing for me for the Storm Drake Guard is that um, it is close to Christmas, and people may be asking mummy and daddy or their partner to go buy them a bunch of dragons as a Christmas present. And the last thing I would want is you know little Timmy building his new new, new dragons. The December FAQ comes out, completely nerfs or changes the army, and they have buyer's remorse and regret and. You know, I don't, I don't want that on the community. So I think, if anything, that's the positive. But I don't want to step on it too much. I think that's yeah. I, I want to see consistency across the board, not just targeting one thing that was really vocal. Yes. Yeah, I feel like Stormcast have been unfairly treated over the last couple of updates. Um, you know, with the whole translocation thing and uh, the FAQ missing a whole lot of questions which needed answering um, and only focusing on the sort of main negative points that other people had. So I'm really hoping Joel, that a lot of that gets fixed. And Joel, you'll appreciate it. Let's, let's make, let's make Slangor's great. 
I'd say again, ah. but they were never they were never great. Um, so we talked Stormhost. <laughs> um, we've talked a little bit about the dragons. You know, there's been a whole bunch of cool heroes that have been added to Stormcast. And I want to get to your list very soon. I really want to get into the meat around, you know, how you're thinking about it. But is there any sleeper units that you would recommend to a Stormcast player to pick up or maybe something that was in their collection that they haven't revisited for a while? I mentioned Prosecutors, for example. I certainly wouldn't have picked them up unless, you know, you kind of pointed them out to me. But what have you found yep. through your playtesting and your experience and your list building? Um, I found that a lot of the old cast, so the first generation or first wave stuff, very good at the moment, uh, you know, well balanced with points and power. Um, I'll also say that uh, we, we, I think we all know who are watching this, um, understand that six long strike Raptors is pretty good. <laughs> without, without going too much into it, but They've I would encourage. Good. They have always been yeah. good, um, and everyone's got them, and they're cheap, right? You know, where I'm, I'm expecting them to get nerfed into oblivion as well, with the amount of people bitch and moan about them. <laughs> but they're not um, that bad. Like, like, let's talk Sentinels. Go nerf them. Yeah, um, but I would encourage every Stormcast player. Uh, to have a shooting unit in your army list, uh, just so you can take advantage of Unleash Hell and you can poke a little bit. You know, it doesn't have to be six long strikes. Could be uh, judicators with crossbows. Uh, probably my favourite uh, shooting unit in the book at the moment, uh, just because they seem a little bit fairer, but they do more damage uh, than long strike crossbows. And I did yeah. want to talk to you about this because in your list, again, we are ruining Christmas, but you do have judicators in your list. And one of the things that I quickly noticed is that you had the crossbows. And I don't think I've ever seen judicators built with crossbows. They're always the sky bolt bow. That, that's yep. like they always yep. got the bow. Like they never got the crossbow. Crossbows are way cooler. Uh especially with their new war thrill that they received in the in the book. They they were always pretty sort of average in my opinion. There was no comparison between them and uh the regular bow judicators um in the old book. But in the new book, crossbows, man, uh great looking models and they do a whole heap of damage uh with a whole heap of shots. So um I was fortunate enough to already have ten or fifteen of them assembled and painted from, you know, five years ago. So yeah, I lucked out there. Uh, the the big bow, uh, whatever it's called, has changed as well. So it doesn't do mortals anymore, but it's neg two rend, two damage. Um, and then the leader gets an extra shot with that as well. So you've got, what, three shots, three threes, neg two, two damage, um, plus then a whole heap of no rend attacks, which are great for whittling down um, models with high uh, save stacking and all that that you just don't really sort of care about because, yeah, all that effort to stack their saves just sort of wasted yeah jonathan jonathan makes a you know a complimentary point where he talks about you know dracolines need to be made better and i think my perspective and i'd love you to challenge me or agree with me depending on how what you feel but i feel like old old cast so generation one liberators prosecutors retributors that kind of crew is feeling good right now new yes. cast your new cast all the stuff that's brand new for third edition is feeling really good Second edition, it feels like that's that Soul Wars kind of thing. No one's really talking about it. No one's talking about the kitty cats. No one's talking about evocators or sequiturs. No one's talking about, you know, a lot of those units other than like the Knight in Cantor or maybe Aventus Firestrike. It's kind of like a couple of models people are talking about. 
Do you feel yeah. that and, and, and people say points is too high? Would you agree with that statement? No, I think they're pointed fine. I just feel like, uh, well, I mean, that's subjective, isn't it? Uh, because they're very hit and miss. So the the Vanguard Chamber stuff, um, you've only got the long strikes, which is sort of any decent. Um, uh, and then with the with the sequiturs and all that, I feel like they're maybe pointed a bit too high, actually. Uh, I just don't see, like, 145 points for five dudes with a four up. It's just, you know, neg one rend. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, what what sucks about the um, uh, not the yeah the evocators and the uh, kitty cat evocators is uh, their staffs, well their staves. Uh, they change from a two inch range to a one, so you're not going to be uh, spending a reinforcement point on them to you know get two ranks fighting and all that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just I think that's what sort of put them into the ground a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's still good stuff in there. And, you know, the Lord Aquila is good. The long strikes, as you said, are good. There's still good stuff in there. But I think generally the old stuff fits really well, especially in the Stormkeep side. New cast seems to work really well, especially in Signs of the Storm. Um, not to say that they're exclusive. They only go there. But just feels like there's, you know, distinctive builds start to kind of come out. Yeah, and look, um, I'm sure they'll have their time in the sun, you know. If they do decrease in points and the meta shifts to something where they're they're good, you know, bring it on. Yeah. How how are you thinking about them from like a playstyle perspective? Are you thinking about them offensively, defensively, you know, magic heavy, hero hammer? Um, you know, there's a lot of different terms, you know, there's castles, there's alpha strikes, you know, we can throw terms till the suns come home. <clears throat> But how do you yeah. think Stormcast play right now? And if I was going to start building a Stormcast army, you know, what's working for you? Stormcast, to me, plays the perfect uh, hammer and anvil style uh, really well. So you've got your hammers, but then you've also got a very durable couple of units or whatever um, in your backfield, you know, holding down the fort. I feel like that sort of one-two um, punch is really good as well. Um that's how I see them playing. That's how I like to play them as well. Um, yeah, probably about a 50-50 of hammer-anvil kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. That seems to be working for me anyway. So, like, <laughs> protectors uh, <laughs> or liberators even are great. And that's where one of the things about evocators, and uh, they're not sort of ideal at the moment, is they're safe. Uh, they've got a four-up base, just like, say, a liberator. But... Uh, the Evocator is one of the few which has the four-up save, which doesn't have a plus one, uh, like sort of built into them already. Even even um, prosecutors uh, either have a four four-up plus one or a three-up base. So, so I think that's where you, they lack are, a little bit. Are you looking for those types of things where you're going for a real? You want to be able to absorb a lot of damage because you don't have you don't have a lot of <clears> wounds to be to be thrown around, right? And you don't have a lot of cheap bodies. And I think part of this is why hammers especially you know getting a, a six up ward or getting the five inch bubble from Gardas, whatever it might be um getting those extra saves can be really important especially in the meta right now is that how you're kind of looking at it like you're looking for uh, uh, models that have really durable pluses to the saves so you don't have to worry about all that defense you've got you know when you need to kind of negate rend you can go down to a two or a three up save and still yeah. consistently get good damage you need to, right? Because Stormcast is an elite army uh, at the end of the day. And every time you lose a couple of models, you actually really notice it. 
So you need to look for those good saves. You need to be able to look for that good damage to kill things before they can kill you back. And um, whether that be with shooting or whatever, you know, trying to get rid of their hammers first makes a huge difference with how the army survives and functions. Um, yeah. Uh, definitely a necessity, I think, is to be durable that, but still choppy. Is that why you're talking about having a shooting unit in there so you can start to kind of pull them down take out those key units and then, you know, through your saves, some of your shenanigans about being on objectives. And if you're a storm, keep counting as three or whatever it might be, you're winning through attrition or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so funnily enough, I don't have a shooting well, a, like a good shooting unit in my um, list later, but um, yeah, I feel like it's the easy way to go about things is to have, you know, six long strikes or whatever, uh, doing damage where it needs to go and then you can just sort of mop up with the rest with rest of the army so um yeah i feel like you need to be able to do the damage before you can really take it but you need to be able to take it as well has has the board size changes the um the new command abilities has you know all of these things that have been brought in through third edition has that changed how you've looked at stormcast um not really no uh there's less stuff on the board nowadays right so there's less terrain it used to be 10 now it's like eight pieces um there's less models in every army whether that be because of what the meta is at the moment i don't know but the points did go up significantly uh from two to three um yeah no i i feel like yeah they're just as good the smaller board does help because we are slow um so being able to just be that little bit closer i guess uh to the next unit that you're going to go and kill with you know uh, annihilators or something it's quite nice <laughs> has that but that but that i would imagine like on first glance i would imagine that a smaller border size would mean that there's less spaces for me to drop down with, with like signs of the storm or even like a relinquisher mm. teleporting me around the board there's just less options right um now there's also less bodies on the table and um opponents aren't taking nearly as many screens and chaff that they used to how have you yeah, found and like, the, being able to, like, move around the board? Yeah. Well, the changes to, to coherency um, really sort of don't help that situation either. So you can't screen as far as what you used to. You can't string one unit of 20 zombies all along your backfield, right, because they have to sort of be in two ranks now. Um, so while there's less physical space on the table, it feels like there's more space just because units have got a smaller footprint now by the rules design. Um, I'm yeah, so armies I, are castling. I don't know if you found this, but I found a lot of armies are are castling up now, so they they spread out even less. Yeah, well, that, that's that's true as well, right? And the way that you score objectives, you don't necessarily need to hold like all three in your deployment. You only need to sort of hold two or go for two uh, out of the three. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I feel like. Uh, I've got more room to play uh, on a smaller table, funnily enough. Yeah. Have you – actually, before I ask my question, Dream and Nah asking, what do you think of the Encantor and the Hereldor? Uh, <laughs> um, the Hereldor's absolute trash. Uh, it, to me, it just doesn't do anything anymore. Maybe if you're up against Seraphon and they've got all their heroes in the in the pyramid thing, um, if you've got three Heraldors, <laughs> you're not going to do that unless you're only playing against Seraphon, right? 
Um, the Encanter, though, is awesome. Uh, having that uh, once per game or auto unbind is just unreal. It's worth its weight in gold. And 125 points for a wizard, auto unbind, plus one to wound. Yeah, really good. Good armor save wizard, even though you've lost your little Encanter bombs when someone charges yeah. you. Uh, it's still it's still a good uh, a still good unit. I would definitely consider it in my list. Yep. Especially yep, like a lot it. of people, you know, might be using like an endless spell to kind of alpha strike or you know like bridge for a perfect example. You want to stop that particular endless spell, that particular spell going off. It's great to have that auto unbind. Mm-hmm. It is, um, and that's where the smaller board size comes into it as well. So what? Just say if we're uh, deploying across the table from each other. You've got uh, 11 inches, isn't it? Yeah, 11 inches up. And then they've only got, uh, what is it? That's 30, 41. They've only got three inches where they cannot, uh, like, can cast without being auto unbound. So really sort of pushes their heroes back if they want to get a key spell off early, um, which is good because, you know, you're making more space for yourself, essentially. And, yeah, just the threat of that is unreal. And to what Lex is saying, you know, three Hereldors in uh, Sylvaneth or Dreamers talking oh, about shit. Seraphon. Take me back. Look, look they're, they're great <laughs> as allies, right? You know, if you want to do some more yeah. wounds, Sarah, like, that's perfect for like a Sylvaneth. But if I was a Stormcast player, I think the challenge that I have as a, an aspiring Stormcast player, someone who's literally building an army right now, I've got a chariot. I have some secret boxes under under the, uh, under the table here we won't talk about. But... Um, you know like for me like there's so many choices there's so many choices joel you don't say anything um but there's a lot of choices in this book and i think for me like when i look at literally a whole page of heroes it's like where do i start which is the hero Mm. for me you know there's 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 cool heroes like neve there's cool heroes like goddess there's cool heroes here like so many cool either named heroes or you know um you know lord bastion and things like that it's like well where do i start and I think when I think about something like the uh, the the, the Heraldor, they're just competing for those points. Yeah, yeah, and like sure they're cheap. What are they? One hundred and five, I think the Heraldor is. So like it's good value if you wanted a knight hero, but it, yeah, unless if you're going for that sort of like running three of them in silver, I don't really see them filling a, any kind of role. Um, I, I feel like the um, the Vexilla for like an extra ten points or whatever it is. Uh, maybe maybe 15 or 20, I can't remember now. But um, he does the mortal wounds, and then he also allows uh, units to re-roll their charge rolls if they're holy 12. So if you wanted to do mortal wounds splash, um, take the Vexilla and not rely on the uh, Herald of choosing a piece of terrain. Um, yeah, I just don't see the value, to be honest. just doesn't do anything. Do you like to, to build your lists with a lot of heroes? And again, we're in this meta right now that's very hero hammer where it's almost like one third mm. or even half of people's points seem to be either going into a mega hero or a couple of really tanky heroes, right? And you've got some good ones, whether it's the the, um, the Star Drake or is it the Drake's, Drake Templar, the, uh, the yep. other the Star Drake. Um, I'm always paranoid with the Vindictors. Like, I'm like, oh, I've got to pronounce you like your hundred names correct. But you've also got, you know, yeah. Idrasa, you've got the um, the Celestine Prime, you've got Bastion, you've got, let alone Krondus and Karazine that, that are coming. Do you think you're better off spending your points in heroes, in troops, in a couple of really big hammers or anvils or spread out across the board like how, how do you think about your like your distribution of points um 
I feel like at the end of the day, more bodies is better than more support for less. So, and that, that's sort of the Bok player coming out in me as well there. Um, I only ever like to run three, maybe four heroes at most in Stormcast. I feel like if you're maxing out all six, then you just got nothing on the table, right? They only count as two models. It makes it really hard to score objectives late game, especially when you've got less damage output, right? Yeah. Um, I, I like to run three or four, I think, is where I sort of cap out. Is that being uh, driven by your core battalions or is it you're picking a list and then finding the battalions that suit you? Like, like what's, what well, is it the, what's, what's leading the horse? A uh, bit of both. I think the combo, yeah. You know, if you want to go battle regiment, then you're only going to be taking three heroes, right? Um, if you want warlord, then you probably want three uh, anyway. Well, yeah, you need three right, for the extra artifacts or, enhancement or whatever you want um yeah i don't i don't think i think um when i originally write a list it would say i'd, I'd maybe cut one out uh, at the end to make room for other stuff and make uh, the core battalions fit but i don't put the core battalion in first so yeah i'm not when i write a list i'm not looking to make it a one drop um with battle regiment but if it works better than yes i will do it at the end yeah yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of building my list right now with about 60 to 70 percent of the list done then i kind of looked at some of the battalions that best work for me and then trim at use that extra points to kind of build it out make some adjustments appropriately um i'm i'm not a i'm not a massive fan of um battle regiment i've never worried too much about the drop game I'm someone who loves yeah. the counterplay. I love, you know, letting people kind of drop their models and then responding appropriately. I always, I always get worried. I don't really like having this alpha plan. Like, right, this is exactly how I'm going to drop and go from there. Mm. How do you look at the battle regiment versus something like warlord and hunters and you know some of the other what like the the higher drop lists? Yeah, well, with stormcast specifically, we're very blessed, I suppose, to have um, signs of the storm. Uh, available to us so we can put half our units up on the up in the sky so it is possible and quite easy to just say bugger the drops will go to 20 or whatever and we'll just keep half of my stuff up in the sky that you know you are not going to be able to target so it's the safest way to um keep your models alive right by not having them on the table funnily enough but um i, I don't know I, again the bock player coming out um I was always used to having a one or a two drop back in AOS 2 with Beast of Chaos. So I like to be in the driver's seat. I like to be making the decisions on who's going first or second and, you know, yeah, setting up the, the battle, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely easy enough to not worry about drops with Stormcast. So you can take the extra enhancement uh, if there's a cool combo that you wanted to get off, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, would, yeah. no, 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 that's fine. I think it's it's a good consideration because a lot of people, and I want to ask you this question in a minute, but I, I there's a little little U-turn I want to make first. But a lot of people um, are thinking about, you know, do I go low drops, one drop, two drop, three drops, or do I not care? Right? You know, what's the mm. pros and cons by going warlord and get an extra artifact, a spell, a prayer, or whatever it might be? Um, how much do I want to be in control? And you know, signs of the storm definitely gives you the flex to not have to worry about that. 
But is the same true with Stormkeep, right? You know, nothing's going into Sky. You're relying on the Lord Relicted to be teleporting you around the board. Do you think owning or having a, a limited amount of drops in a Stormkeep list is important? I think so, yes. Uh, when I've played uh, Gardas Stormkeep, it's always been a one-drop list um, just because you need to be able to control the board and do your damage where you need to. Because normally in the Stormkeep list, you've got slightly less damage than, say, a Scion's army, uh, just because you don't have that sort of alpha threat. Um, you do have translocation, obviously, with the shooting unit, but, yeah, um, you, need to, you need to be able to get onto the objectives and sort of push out of your deployment zone because you don't want to be bogged down um, when you've only got Liberators and Vindictors. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. No, no, it's, and it's, it is good because some people are, and I get this question a lot, you know, should I go one drop or low drop or should I go the extra artifact? And I think um, it's a really interesting question, especially from like a projection of power point of view. And, you know, if you aren't going to go, if you aren't going to go low drops, you know, having those long strikes, for example, to keep your opponent honest um, and being able to, you know, just to threaten them or maybe force their hand before, they can, you know, make you waste a turn. Mm. With you determining often who goes first, who goes second, because you're going, you know, really low drops, how do you consider who goes first or who who goes second in, in the first battle round? Is there any considerations? I know each opponent is going to be different and every scenario is yeah. going to be different, but if I'm a player going right I don't know if I should take, because I see this a lot, and I'm sure you do as well. It's like, oh, do I go first? Do you go first? And there's that real moment of hesitation. It's like, well, if you're going to build a, a low drop, you should know what those triggers are going to be. So yeah. what's in your mind when you go, do I go first or do I go second? Um, regardless of what army that I'm playing, it's always weighing up how much damage can they do if I give them first turn? Uh, do I waste one of their turns? Do I want to be doubled by this army? Do I want to double this army? Right. Um, so, yeah, all those things uh, match up dependent, obviously, uh, that I'm sort of factoring into my overall decision if I'm low drop. But that's why I like being in the driver's seat for uh, and making that decision, because I've been doing it for a very long time uh, with a very bad army. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's just the play style that I'm sort of used to. Um, but yeah, there's lots of things to consider, but uh, the more you do it, the easier it gets, I guess. And do you have um, do you have a preferred one? Like, do you like going second or do you like going first? Um, I usually give the first turn away more just because I find that I don't want to get doubled. But if there is an opening from an opponent's mistake or whatever, um, and I can capitalise on that with a translocation and uh, you know do whatever that I need to do, then yes, I will. Um, but yeah, it's very matchup dependent, and it's more of the case of giving away first turn. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably tend to be giving away the first turn because I like to build a lot of lists that have good magic. Uh, I like mm -hmm. a little bit of shooting. I don't go too heavy on the shooting, but when I have a list with a bunch of magic, you know, and if I don't have your models in range to, you know, make the most of my spell casting, I've only got five, I've only got five rounds of spell casting, right? And if you reduce one of them, then, and like, you know, the impacts of magic in turn four, turn five aren't really that great. So really, you know, I've, I've got two, three rounds at best of, of magic and I'm putting a lot of points in my magic. So getting the most out of things like magic and shooting, 
I traditionally I, I traditionally give away first because I know that the damage and you're not going to get too much of a you know the head start you're going to get on victory points like it's yeah. not that great. Well, going back to what I was saying before, with the way the objectives have changed now, you don't need to control the whole board, but you still do need to get out of your deploy- deployment zone by some stage of the game. Um, and yeah, you know, like if you move on to the objective, can I charge you in my first turn? Um, there's, yeah, there's so much to weigh up with drops, but it's just what you're used to and what how you want to play the army. I don't like having a set game plan going into a tournament and saying, this is how I'm going to play this army all five games. It's always going to change. How do you go with battle tactics with Stormcast? I feel like you've got a lot of tools between the new ones you've got in your, in your book. You know, I think I, I look at the the whatever battle pack you're playing, whether it's the core rules or the GBH, I feel like they're all achievable for, for most parts. Yeah, um, pretty good. Usually five out of five or four out of five per game. That's if it lasts that long. Um, yeah, and then grand strategies usually hold the line or dominating presence. Um, so they're quite easy to achieve as well. Yeah. Is there any particular ones you like to use either early, mid or late game um, battle tactic wise? Um. With a Stormkeep, it's really easy just to run three support heroes behind your blocks of Vindictors and Liberators. Um, so, yeah, that's that's obviously the, the easy turn one go-to for most armies, essentially. But, um, yeah, uh, what's the one where you have to go and take objectives and stuff? That's pretty easy to do, uh, especially in Stormkeep again. Um, yeah, uh, killing battle line, simple, because we've actually got hammers that can can do stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I find them quite simple um, to get. No, that's fair. No, that's fair. One um, one last burning question before I pull up your list, and it kind of ties into what I wanted to talk about anyway, was um, I, I mentioned you've got a lot of good heroes, Indrasa, you know, um, Prime, Time, um, Bastion, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a lot of opponents that have even better heroes, Archeon, Marathi, Gotrek. Nagash, how are you finding um, handling these god tier superheroes um, with Stormcast? Uh, it's an interesting question because a lot of armies simply can't deal with them, right? Um, I feel like Stormcast have, has the damage now to be able to you know, kill an Archaon in a turn if we need to or drop a Mega Gargant in a turn if we need to. Um, you know, four Fulminators usually can drop a Gargant by themselves with a few buffs, obviously. Um Grand Hammer Annihilators can one-shot Archaeon, depending on how many uh, save stacking uh, buffs he's got. Um, yeah, Longstrike Raptors and Judicators and all that, shooting in the hero phase, and then, yeah, again, in the shooting phase. It's only once per game, but it's enough to be able to drop a Teclas or whatever. You know, force out um, all the resources that they have for the plus ones to save over multiple phases. Um yeah, I feel like I feel like Stormcast can cope pretty well against things which are high points, high damage, high save. Um, what, about, yeah. what, about, what about like Marathi? Because Marathi, you've got the tools with the shooting, right, to chip those three damage. But what mm-hmm. you lack is cheap bodies to kind of throw out and sacrifice. And my last game against Stormcast, I charged Marathi straight into the unit of four formulators and just like killed them pretty easily. I, you know, sucked up the charge and you know, really only limited them to like three damage or four damage at yeah. most. It wasn't much. 
How how are you finding that? Because you don't have the cheap bodies to handle Morathi. Yeah, I, I'm actually of the opinion uh, that a lot of people don't have about Morathi. I don't actually rate her uh, overly highly. Um, I feel like she's she's got the big monster syndrome, right, where she can be really swingy. Um, sure, you can only do three damage a turn, but as long as you're pushing that damage onto her every turn, then she's dead uh, before the game sort of gets down to a point where, you know, uh, she's going to make a big difference. Um, yeah, uh, I feel like uh, Vindictors can tank her pretty well. Uh, even Liberate, well, Protectors, actually, they're probably the best one because they just don't care about her rend. You know, if you've got any counter the auto unbind mine raiser, then you can. Um, yeah, let her let her do her thing and just make sure you're doing a, the three damage and she's fine, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I know you can do the damage. It was more about the you know often you want to throw or screen with some cheap bodies to kind of get her away from your juicy stuff or like what I did, charge the formulators and you know the good stuff and know yeah. that I can only take three damage back. Yeah, uh, the the key to beating Marathi is not sending your formulators into Marathi or letting her charge them. <laughs> well, she was my last drop, so I counterplayed where the formulators went, and I just went cool, just straight up and. Um, yeah. Like Nagash or um, Techless, some of the other, Alariel, any other thoughts on the, N- those god tier models? Nagash is an interesting one because he's got such a high mortal wound output uh, with just arcane bolt spam, right? So I haven't actually played against him with Stormcast um, with this book. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it, that's probably the toughest one out of all, all, all of the god sort of monsters. Um, Zarkaon, he can't say a king's full murders, right? He can't do a, he can't, yeah, just one shot things which are important. Um, yeah, Nagash is an interesting one. I think if you can charge him though, uh, or, or show him down early, right? So if you're one drop with long strikes, then you can put a fair bit of damage into him before he can get all the save stacking up. Um, yeah, okay, but again, he, yeah. he's 900 points, right? So you just got to and kill the rest of the army. And that's yeah. what I was going to say. When in doubt, don't put too much focus onto those god-tier tier heroes. And, yeah. you know, the Mega Gargant with, you know, the Amulet of Destiny, cool, ignore it. Take out everything else. Score those battle tactics. Score yeah. those victory points. Take yeah. over the objectives. Don't don't waste your time trying to pull down something that is not going to give you a good return on your investment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But... But here's your, here's the list that you we want to talk about, and my my templates all hot garbage. I'll fix it up. But you have <laughs> gone something a little bit different, and that was the Knight Excelsior. And uh, in the past, we talked about hammers, and I know you've been building some hammers lists. But this to me was a fascinating list. And you know, when I picked this out of your four list, you're like, "This is my damage dealer." And I'm like, "Okay, talk, tell me more." So, you know, for anyone who can't see the list, maybe you listen to this on a podcast later, you are Knight Excelsior, you've got the Inspiring Triumph, and you've got the Dominating Presence. That's an interesting one. Um, Grand yeah. Strategy. You have, yeah, that's an interesting one. You have the Lord Castellant, um, who's not the General. I was thinking it was the General. It's not. It's Lord Castellant. Uh, you've got the Celestine Prime. Good. I like Prime Time. I want to talk more about mm-hmm. Prime Time. Four up. Oh, yeah. You have the Lord Imperitant, uh, which is the general master of magic with the arcane tome and the celestial blade spell. You've got six annihilators with the grand hammers, and I want to know why you've gone grand hammers instead of the shield boys. 
Uh, you've got 10 protectors, you've got five liberators, you've got five judicators, you've got three prosecutors under Hunters of the Heartland and Battle Regiment. And I also want to know why you don't have, what did you leave me a YouTube comment about? Was it uh, Praetors? Praetors, yeah. Praetors, yes. Like you, you, were, you were like, this list needs more Praetors. So I want to ask why, why are there no Praetors in this list? But Okay. <laughs> let's, let's go from the top. What's this all list right. all about? Why is this the damage dealer? What drove these decisions? Um, so importantly, it's signs of the storm. Uh, and it's a three-drop list. Right? So sure, you're not one, but three is good enough. Uh, you can potentially just swap out the Battle Regiment for a Warlord Battalion if you wanted to, but that's neither here or there. Um, anyway, so the Castellan, I, I was actually mentioning earlier about uh, playing a more Hammer and Anvil style of army, right? So in this list, uh, your Anvil is the Ten Protectors and the Lord Castellan. Um, so you're going to be a three-up save with plus two just from their war scroll and then the castle and buff uh, it makes them really tanky um sell some prime uh he's just a beast man um I, I love the fact that he can auto charge 12 inches um that makes it really easy to get into say sentinels or uh crawl boy shooting dudes uh, whatever they're called or you know any other sort of shooting army uh it, shooting unit rather um and just for anyone yeah, who but, doesn't know I, what you're talking about here, like why why can why can the prime time do that? Oh, uh, so on his once per turn on his war scroll, you can uh, change the dice roll uh, to a result of his choice. Uh, now it's yeah, it can be that it's before you've rolled the dice, so you can change a hit roll to a six, or a wound roll to a six, or, or a save roll to a six. Uh, but most importantly, you can change your charge roll to twelve because it's just the, the dice roll. It's not just a dice. Um, so Because yeah. in the old rules, it used to be a single die. Like you could change a single die, which obviously made, you know, made charging a little bit confusing, but it allows yeah. you to, it says when you're, when you're yeah. Okay. So we, when it when it's a, a 2D6 roll, uh, the charge being a 2D6 roll, you can re-roll. You, yeah, you can do that. Okay. But it can't mm. be re-rolled. No. Yeah, this, yeah, this roll can't be re-rolled. So... I remember, was it, I remember playing a Chaos Army not too long ago and they forced me to re-roll my charge. So, you know, when you throw that down and go, right, I want the 12-inch charge, no one can force you to re-roll it too. Yep. Yep. So um, he's in there. He slaps pretty hard, but he's. I, I like to drop him in by turn two. Uh, I think the five attacks that he can get uh, from coming in turn two is good enough. Um, and with the, with the Prime or with any reserve unit uh, in this edition. They have to be on the table turn three, otherwise they're just dead. Uh, that's including the prime. So uh, I like to drop him down by turn two. Five attacks um, is enough. And if you hold him for turn three, then you're sort of missing out on potentially 10 attacks, right? And you don't you don't uh, earn those attacks back over the course of the game, in my opinion. Well, hang on, and, what is um, it? Two, yeah. And War Machine in the chat, um, I'm not going to bring it up just because it'll overcome our, our beautiful faces, but War Machine mentioning, uh, can the Prime also drop seven inches away from the Imperitant? Um, no. No, he can't because he doesn't have um, Thunderstrike armour. So he's always nine inches or more, wherever you wanted to drop him. Um, yeah. So the only the new stuff can drop down seven inches away and it can only be an Annihilator or Vindictors or Praetors. Uh, 
any of the infantry. Um, you can't drop anything with more than three wounds, uh, three wound characteristic, seven away with the Imperitant. So I can't drop a chariot from the sky and, you know, it no. has like those those mad gangster kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> just bounces as it hits the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you can't do that with them. Uh, you can't do it with the new dragons either because um, they've got too many wounds also. Um, yeah, so always nine away with those guys. Um, and, yeah, speaking of the Imperitant, um, probably one of the best heroes in the book for just generic sort of hero, in my opinion. Uh, you get, what, 10 free command points, essentially, uh, over the course of a game with him. Uh, he has that uh, drop-down seven inches uh, ability. And he's got a griff hound, so he's got a few extra wounds as well. So he's more than six, so he can't be auto-slain by, you know, the, the noms on Star Drakes or Gorgons or whatever. Um, or Gargans. I don't think Gargans can pick up a... I think he's seven or eight wounds. I can't remember. No, you, 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 yeah, you've got a du- you've got a double or equal, you've got a double or more, so you can't yeah. touch that. But and just for clarity, folks, when Joel says he gets free to ten command points, you don't literally get free ten free. It's once per turn this unit can issue a command without a point being spent. So, mm. um, what? So things like what all that attack, all that defense, you know, redeploy, all that good stuff. He doesn't have a. He doesn't actually have a, a command ability on his war scroll. So it's just whatever's in, you know, your, your other options. Yeah. And now the reason why I've gone for the Master of Magic and the Arcane Tome artifact and trait is because I don't actually have an encounter in this list, even though I reckon they're awesome. Um, yeah, I just want that uh, Mystic Shield capability mainly. Uh, then also the Celestial Blades, which is a plus one to wound spell uh, for melee weapons. So that's great on protectors to get them wounding on twos. Um, your Annihilators are already wounding on twos uh, the, with the Grand Handers, so you don't really need it for them. But, yeah, having the extra Mystic Shield or the uh, potentially extra damage output is awesome. Yeah. And the um, is it the 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 knight Excelsior? You have that interesting rule that allows you, if you have more model, if you have less less models than your opponent, you know, in combat, is it plus one to hit, plus one to wound? So it brings your paladins yeah. down to usually like twos and twos, or you know, threes and twos, some ridiculously yeah. low number. That um that doesn't come into effect much uh, in this meta as we've talked earlier. It's mainly monster and hero mash. Um, when hordes do come back, uh, protectors will be great because then you don't have to put the spell on them. Um, but yeah, 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 you know, they're a unit of ten, so they need to be hitting something with eleven or more models, right? Um, but yeah, uh, mainly why I've gone Excelsior is to get the paladins and the annihilators as battle line. That's the main reason. One of the questions I had with that rule, because I thought it was an interesting rule, you know, your paladins are hitting on twos, wounding on twos, if they are outnumbered, right? And that kind Mm -hmm. of got me thinking, I was wondering, Joel, why don't you do two units of two annihilators, sorry, two units of three annihilators, so you can almost guarantee yourself the um the that plus one hit, plus one to wound. And I know the answer, but I I was just curious to hear what you would have to say, because I guess some people might have that question. Yeah, so the, the answer is actually uh, just because um, I want to kill something, whether that means I overkill it also. Um, so going into a, a Mega Gargan, I want to make sure that they're dead. Uh, I don't want to have my units being, uh, models being taken off because they, 
three couldn't do the job, you know. Um, that's the reason. Yeah, plus you obviously get a lot of value from your command points, right? If you've got two units of three annihilators, yeah. where do you put all that attack? Where do you put all that defense? You're splitting your resources. So having that one big unit of six, you know, you're going to mess yeah. something up good, which then leads they, to um, why the Grand Hammers uh, uh, as opposed to the other builds. Yeah, um, so the Grand Hammers over the regular shield guys, uh, it's very simple. They just do a lot more damage. Um, <laughs> they're... I don't know what the actual numbers are, but they're sort of around par with um, Fulminators, like four Fulminators. Um, the Neg 2 Ren 3 damage is just unreal. Um, the Mortal Wounds on the charge, uh, Mortal Wounds when they drop down, yeah, um, they're just a very solid damaging unit. Um, yeah, that's why. I, I feel like the the Shield Annihilators just don't sort of do anything. Um, and, they're, you know, the 200 points, I reckon they're actually over-costed by about 30, 40 points. They just don't do anything except for dropping down doing mortals. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, when I was, um, when the, before the battle tome came out, but the, uh, the, the box came out with all the new Stormcast dudes, um, I was very underwhelmed by them. So I don't like to really run them. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you look at the armor save and you're like, oh, it's like a two up armor save. So yeah. it, it's, it's quite, it's quite tempting. But then when you start mm. doing the maths and you know, look at the Grand Hammers, and if you really do need that 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 um, two up armor save, you can still Mystic Shield and all that, all that defense those um, those Grand Hammers. But mm. the damage output is just so significantly higher with the Grand Hammers, right? Oh yeah, there's no comparison. You know, um, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're unreal. So why why not the but formulators? Yeah. Like why why would you go the Grand Hammers over the formulators? Uh, because this is um, Sion's list, right? So I've got uh, the Annihilators and the Prime as sort of two hammer pieces um, with the 10 Protectors as the Anvil. Um, the Fulminators and the Annihilators, while they have same similar sort of damage capabilities, they don't have the same role in an army. Um, I feel like Fulminators are more of a flanking unit um, that need to be coming out from behind uh, like a shield wall, basically, because they don't synergize well with the Imperitant. Uh, you have to spend CP to get them re-rolling charges. Um, yeah, I just feel like there's a bit more of a shock shock and awe um, style. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, I just I just feel like the Annihilators do drop down and kill something better than what the Fulminators do. Yeah, and you you are really relying on the charge and getting those more. I, I found the Mortal Wounds can be swingy um with some of the yeah. formulators but they're really good you know you obviously saw mm. take it with a grain of salt depending on, on on where you see the world oh. but you know ben johnson you know did really well with a whole bunch of formulators with you know a warhammer world right so yeah. they can do the damage but do you want to over invest do you want to do with them i think the answer is they're not the only damage dealing tool you've got up your you know you're in your arsenal yeah um Relying on nine-inch charges isn't ideal, especially for competitive play. Um, so usually I'd only have two units in the sky, uh, which is the Prime, who can auto-12 a charge. And then you've got the Annihilators, uh, who can drop down seven away, and then they're re-rolling that charge as well. So that's as reliable as it sort of gets. Um, yeah, just trying to take the dice out of it. And then um, with those Annihilators too, give them the um, the Holy Command, Unleash Thy Hatred, you're giving them all an extra attack. They can just blow anything up. Two inch range, so unit of six is fine for coherency. 
So that's how you're handling the um the the mega gargans, the archaeons, the you know these superheroes is you're you're you know doing a super buffed up annihilator, throw down that holy command. Um, you know they're on un- they're yeah. in hunters of the heartland, so you can't roar at them to stop them from getting a CP. Um, and you know do what more war machine say as well. Um, the you know the imperitant in the sky, so he doesn't get shot off before you bring down the annihilators yep. is an option. That is definitely an option also. He doesn't need to start on the table, that's for sure. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, usually the way that I'll play this is um, prosecutors drop down. Um, they uh, absorb the Unleash Hell, and then uh, the Prime goes into the shooting unit, and then the Annihilators will usually go into um, a big hammer or something that needs to die, like a like a Mega Gargan or whatever. Yeah. Uh, to kill Gotrek, if I have range for him, 10 protectors usually can do that um, just because they've got so many attacks. They're an unreal unit. They're durable and they've got lots of lots of attacks with neg 2 rend. So, yeah. Uh, you can also do the um, Holy Command on them for Unleashed by Hatred because they're also a Paladin unit. Um, and that gives it's the only way to give Star Soul Maces an extra swing. Um, so there's four Star Soul Maces in a unit of 10, typically. Um, so that's going to be potentially 8d3 mortal wounds. So they can also uh, do damage as well. You know, it's interesting because um, a lot of my experience of late has been focused on not protectors, but retributors. And even like back in the day, retributors always seemed to be a bit more popular to support the liberators. But you've gone and kind of found, you know, the judicator with the crossbow. You've gone back to find the prosecutors. You've even gone into the protectors. What... What drove you to go protectors over the traditional retributor? Um, again, just for that plus one save on their war scroll. So yeah, a three up save with a plus one native is just it's it's almost as good as you get, right? Uh, unless if you're annihilated with a shield. Um, and yeah, just having them durable, you know, it's thirty wounds in the unit on a two up save, essentially, um, potentially one up, potentially zero up, potentially plus up minus one or whatever. Um, yeah, you can you can save stack on them really well. And I feel like just the way that the game is at the moment, whether you love it or hate it, you sort of need something to be able to save stack on. It's just the way that it is, right? There's no point uh, complaining about it. You just got to sort of play into it uh, a little bit. So that's the unit that can do that in my list. Um, yeah, just to tie stuff up. Like, uh, and find- they're they're also they're also in uh, hunters, so they can't be roared or stomped or anything like that. And obviously having the guarantee that you can issue a command on them always and not have to worry about being roared is, is pretty good. Yeah. And usually I'm not spending a command point to give them plus one to save because of the imperitant behind them. <laughs> Do you find your liberators yeah. are a good screen? Because I imagine like I look at them and go, well, five liberators isn't strong enough to be an anvil they're not going to soak up that much damage it's only five you know to yep. me probably 10 liberators would feel a bit more comfortable to soak up damage are they just like objective scorers they just kind of shield off parts of the board is that yes. how you kind of use your libs yeah they're just zoning out um a space on the board where the protectors can't because i don't i don't mind if people go into the protectors right because they're they don't really need to be screened they're just a very durable unit by themselves um yeah uh the liberator's just there for bodies essentially and just um you can sort of castle with this list a little bit um it's not ideal 
but um, you can with those liberators sort of blocking off a section. Um, you know, the judicators with the bolt storm crossbows are there for unleashing hell, um, just to push that little bit of extra damage in if something wants to charge. Um, yeah. It's it's interesting. It's it's very different to what you typically see, but it can do a lot of damage, and it's a lot of fun. You know? Low model count, but you got good units in there to sort of carry you a little bit. Yeah, it took me a while. Like when I was looking over your list, um, and this—I oh, mean, I did send you about twenty of them. <laughs> Look, you did, you did, you did abuse me with like a million lists, and like you know, like I was trying to understand. Like I'm trying to look at the list, going like, how does this work? Like, what is he trying to do? And um, and this certainly was a lot more of a technical style of build because it's not as obvious as some of the other the other lists mm. out there. And I think even like when I looked at the prosecutor, and I keep going back to the prosecutors, right? Because I think they got some really interesting play. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, the, you know, one of the initial questions I had was why'd you go hammers over the javelin? I love my prosecutors with a javelin. They do an extra bunch of damage when you're outside of nine, but you're using them to soak up Unleash Hell to use the 3D6 charge. So you're yeah. using them, I guess, the hammers make sense. Well, it's but five points was, cheaper at the end of the day. Which obviously fits into your list, you know, five, you don't have yeah. five points to spare. I guess my other question for those is, and and this probably ties into the Stormdrake Guard with their three-inch coherency. You've got the Prosecutors with three-inch coherency, not one. Do you do anything with your Prosecutors three-inch, you know, because you see a lot of 40K, right? 40K does a lot of pinning. They do some shenanigans with that kind of extended um, coherency. Have you done anything interesting, any tricks or techniques that maybe you'd share with your Prosecutors, or are they just purely throw them up and soak damage yeah they're just fodder essentially um i'm trying to think uh how you could use the three inch coherency to your advantage i think um jumping over units and sort of attacking something on the other side if you really wanted to but they don't do a whole lot of damage you can't give one of them like a great weapon so they're not too bad i guess in combat but um yeah no uh Good for screening out bigger parts of the board if you're up against like a more crusher or something. But yeah, I don't think there's too much shenanigans going on in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, nothing I'm, out of the I'm, ordinary. I'm obviously not the 40k coach, and I know there's issues like <laughs> spillover. Like there's spillover in like the way that wounds are allocated in 40k are very different to to um, to Sigma. So pinning in 40k yeah. and you know the spillover, you can probably do a bit more and kind of pin models with multiple you know, within three, I guess for us, if you pin a hero, for example, you're, um, I guess you might be able to do some things around like piling in and kind of maybe you could stretch out the way yeah. that someone piles in with coherency. Maybe that kind of, you could mess mess your opponent up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah. There's little, little advantages, I guess, to a, to the, the coherency rule, but whether that's actually important or not in a specific game, um is questionable no like it's, it's not it's like a tactic i'm like i'm going to rush up my prosecutors yeah. i'm going to pin these i'm going to try to do this coherency stuff no it's if it happens to happen it doesn't it doesn't but i think yeah. just looking at your prosecutors a little bit differently with three inches uh may open up some extra options and with especially you know with some of these larger based models and how you've got to do coherency maybe if you use prosecutors on one side and then pin them with something else on the other you might actually completely mess up their, their, their pile in in combat phase, maybe. Yeah. 
you never know, right? <laughs> but it's got the potential to do stuff like that, yeah. Um, interesting question. Do you think, uh, I mean, obviously you, you, this is your list, but do you think it might be a bit single-minded with the way you're thinking? You know, it looks like you can just screen it out and then some of those units um, are out in the open. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Isn't every list sort of single-minded in a way? Um, you know, you, you can alter your game plan. You, know, you don't have to bring the stuff on all at the same time. You can sort of bleed your opponent out a little bit. Um, you know, you could even put the protectors in deep strike if you really wanted to. You know, there's there's a little bit of play, um, but yes, no, it is it is a little bit one dimensional in terms of just hammers and stuff. But this is just the list that we chose, right? You could you could drop the prime and the judicators and put in six raptors if you were worried about people zoning you out. Like, you know, it's just the concept that we're talking about here rather than just the list itself. And I think yeah. it's important to acknowledge, you know, we're thinking about where the meta is right now. So if you're going to have the bow stakes, the the Auric uh, Cruel Boys, you, you know, you've got to get to those archers. Cool. You've got a really cool strategy. But if you're playing, I don't know, corn, then you don't need to be doing, you know, avoiding Unleash Hell. You don't need to be thinking about leaping over screen. So the way yeah. you would use your army would probably be very different. Yeah. Well, it, it's hard to also zone out um you know, auto 12-inch charge and 3D6 charge with flying units. So, you know, if you really wanted to zone it out, you could, but you're going to need a lot of space to do it. Uh, Trevor has the same question I had initially, other than the fact that the prosecutors have the 3D6 charge, but Trevor was saying that, you know, would Aether Wings do the same job that the protectors are doing for less points? Um Now, that, that in, in theory, it's true. If you were just trying to avoid yeah. only shell, Aether wings do that job, but they don't have the three to six charge. They don't Rick. have the armor save. What are your thoughts, Aether wings versus prosecutors? Um, well, what are you going to do? You're going to take three Aether wings and hope to roll a nine up on the on two dice, or you can just do it almost guaranteed, right, with three dice. Obviously, you're going to fail it sometimes, but yeah. Um, for the role that they're uh, providing in the list of essentially guaranteeing uh, eating an unleash hell for your two hammers to get in. Yeah. You know, they do and, a lot yeah. better than air wings. And to, to the comment um, we were talking earlier about, you know, the one dim dimensional um, with things like we, we know long strikes work, right. You know, it doesn't take mm. a rocket scientist to know that, you know, if you have power projection and you want to kind of snipe people off with mortal wounds, having that unit of six long strikes do the job, but there's, you know, I, 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 I applaud you for trying a few things differently. I know when I actually mm. played against Trevor, um, I played and he was he was toying around with 10, uh, what are they called? Uh, judicators. He had 10 judicators as opposed to the six long strikes. And it was interesting to see how he was playing around with his list and using people like Indrasa and Rally to keep those 10 models keep coming back with like yep. a really nice liberator or um, vindicta screen um, where the rally and the, and the coming back to life with the six long strikes, isn't nearly as effective because it's only six bodies as opposed to a unit of 10. That's right. Um, I feel like uh, I've played against Raptors lots in the past, right? With various armies and they've never really been too much of an issue just because they are so fragile. You know, a lot of armies these days have uh, a lot of splash damage. So splash mortal wounds, look at Seraphon, 
um, you know, they have to come on the table at some point if you're playing in Scions. And yeah, I just feel like they die too quick. Um, personally, I don't, I don't normally run them. Um, I actually think that uh, shooting with long strike Raptors is more one dimensional than the list of which I've provided tonight. <laughs> it's yeah, very no, boring. I, 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 look, it's it's a necessity in some armies, especially like when mm. Lumineth and Daughters are shooting you. You need something um, that can shoot them back and maybe shoot them a little harder. Yep. What about what about some other shooting options like you know your castigators, your um, ballistas? You don't see ballistas very often anymore. You there was a there was like this little window where people would actually use ballistas and they would drop them to the sides of the board and like pew pew. But that kind of dropped pretty quickly, and poor old Lord Ordinator yeah. hasn't 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 left his city of Sigma uh, in, in, in years. <laughs> he's he's stuck in Greywater. What's happened with the ballistas? Unfortunately, is uh, due to not being able to stack hit so uh, hit rolls anymore, right? So pluses to hit, uh, you're only getting max plus one. So the good profile of two d six shots is only ever hitting on threes. Um, whereas in the past. You know, if you had an ordinator and a hurricane or whatever, and you can get them on twos, um, yeah, I, I, they're, they're single shots, nice. Yeah, it's got the neg three rend, but you know, it's d six damage, which is always going to be a six, right? No, wrong. It's always going to be a one. That's why you got to look at random dice rolls. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They're interesting. I think one hundred and forty points is maybe a little pricey uh, for what they do. But they have gone up in wounds and all that. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, they're not a bad option, I think, uh, if you can't afford judicators. And maybe maybe kind of lastly, I know it's getting a little bit late, and we could talk again forever because this book is just so big. And, you know, you know, you sh- like, I asked Joel, like, send me a list, and he literally sent me, like, 20 lists at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, this is an assault on my eyes. You know, but, you know, you've got so many different dragon builds, you know, whether it's with Star Drakes, you've got like a million heroes. Will you mm-hmm. be considering adding a dragon or or more, whether it's Krondus, Karazai or your Storm Drake Guard? And how will this list change when those dragons drop, if 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 any? Um, this specific list that we've been talking about tonight probably won't change. But I do love Kronos and Karazai. Uh, it's been my phone wallpaper, actually, that artwork that they've released where they were killing all the Iron Jaws. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I love them. I yeah, love my dragons. Don't really care too much for the little guys, but I just want the two big ones. Um, so I've never played an army with, um, you know, a big centerpiece model which can, which can actually go and go and fuck something up, right? Um, yeah, Would you run Star Drake? Would you run both? Um, the same yeah, time? yeah, yeah. I've, I've got like one of my favourite lists. I've got is a uh, Drake Sworn Templar as the general with uh, Master of the Celestial Menageries for the Neg One to wound. Then the Crondus uh, and Karazai and three units of Prosecutors in the Tempest Lords. That's two thousand points. <laughs> Bring it on! Is that, is that is that a like a shit list or is that like a competitive list? Uh, oh, it could be could be both because <laughs> I mean, um, it, you know, like, all the it, dragons. Would it, would it, would it, would it go well at a tournament or is it a bit more for like lolzy and like, Oh, I've got two dragons. This is great. Like, you know, um, you know, well, I ran uh, three star drakes uh, a couple of weeks ago and won three games out of three um, in Bendigo. So, I mean, you know, it, it is a bit memey, a bit spammy, but I feel like they can work still. 
you know, uh, given that there's not many screens, the unit footprints are smaller, there's more space um, on the table to get into where you need to go. And, man, Cronus and Karazai's tail, that weapon is just absolutely absurd for when the meta shifts to hordes again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I reckon you could go all right. You, you could probably go 3-2 to like, a big tournament. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. I dig I think definitely like I like Karazar. No, Krondus. I like Krondus. Wizard Dragon is Krondus. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm so used to calling them Mulfasa and Scar, you know, because they look like. I just the call them uh, Big Red and Big Blue, mate. Yeah. Uh, I like Krondus. I think initially I was a Karazai person. I'm like, yeah, Combat Dragon. Yeah. But then when like, I, I, you know, I, I took my little Timmy hat off for a second and I looked at it and the board control that Krondus can do. Some really strong magic, and his combat profile isn't as isn't that far off Karazai. That I'm like, yep. actually, like utility wise, I think Krondus is better value than Karazai because Karazai is like a one trick pony. He's just kill yes. things, stack his bonuses, the end. Yeah, what I like about Karazai is, um, you know, how he can heal and get extra attacks and all that. And it's any time that you kill a unit, so it's not like capture one unit a turn or whatever. So if you kill, if you can get into a unit of zombies or whatever and kill the necromancer and the vampire lord behind them uh, and you kill it all, which is quite easy to achieve really, um, then you're getting plus two attacks for the rest of the game and you're healing a wound, you know. It's, yeah, uh, I feel like you've got a lot of potential to level him up very quickly. Um, I've been thinking about Karazai in my Hammer Hall army uh, and when I get him into the opponent's territory, I can uh, double attack or double pile yes. yeah. with that command point. I'm like, yeah. that is just value for money. Like prime time <laughs> in Hammer Hall was good. Pri uh, Karazai in Hammer Hall is going to be off the charts. Unreal. Yes. Um, I, I do think there's a spot for to run both of them. Uh, so both of the brothers uh, in the same list because... Krondus's spell synergizes really well with Karazai's attacks, right? So uh, turning a point of save off uh, on your, against an enemy like Archaon, for example. So uh, his jaws and stuff are neg four end, essentially. Now, tell me how much you save stacked again. <laughs> Luke, yeah. Luke, brings up, Luke brings up a comment, and I know you were a Praetor's man in, in the comment section in my last video, and Luke was mm -hmm. mentioning it's funny how Praetor's can prevent wounds to Karazai or Krondus, except if the dragon Scions si 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 is not uh, in, is as not battlefield to start the game as Scion as Praetor's. So what's his, what's his Praetor yeah, bodyguard? So, um... I'm not, I'm not Praetors too familiar can... with. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with the War Scroll. Yeah, um, Praetors are a really good unit for 165 points. I feel like if you're relying on um, like a Gardas or whatever to really survive and make your army durable, um, then they're a must. Um, uh, what is it? It's a uh, two up. I think they well three up. They take the wounds on them. Yeah, and then on a five up. Yeah, on a five up, they just completely ignore the damage. So um, very solid. Um, yeah, you can put them on the big dragons because there's no limit to uh, what size hero. All, all the Liz is just a Stormcast hero. Um, so having Krondus, uh, like, in a list, um, you can put three Praetors assigned to him for the game just to make him really durable. <laughs> I, I, know, I know what Luke's saying now. They're looking at the 
war stroll and now rereading what Luke was saying, talking about the fact because with the Praetors, you've got to have the model on the battlefield. So if you yes. try to deep strike Crondus or your Praetors, then you're not going to be able to do the, the bodyguarding essentially. But if you had Crondus or Karazai on the battlefield, you had a unit of Praetors on there. <laughs> They're both on the battlefield. It means the Praetors could be essentially a bodyguard. on a, And when they take damage, as long as they're within three inches, on a one to a two, that, that hero takes the damage anyway. On a three to a four, the, uh, the, the wound is reallocated to the Praetors. And then on a five mm -hmm. to a six, the wound is negated. Um, the wound or mortal wound is negated. So, yeah. uh, And it's probably been one of the big issues with Krondus and Karazai is they have no mortal wound protection. And being unique heroes, it means you can't give them the Amulet of Destiny or there's not mm -hmm. really any – there's not really many ways to give them uh, a mortal wound save. What you can do is instead of uh, assigning Praetors to them, you can just assign a Gardas to them instead so they have a five-up ward. <laughs> <laughs> that's um that's probably the best way or just running them in hammers right and they're always basically got a six up ward um wherever they are because they're always going to be fighting on objectives um yeah so th there are ways to make them more durable uh which you wouldn't normally see by just looking at the war scroll you need, need to know the book a little bit as well yeah. a couple of comments from the chat one from jonathan talking of jonathan always asked me about mega gargans he's obsessed with megas would you consider a mega in your Stormcast, or do you think like the dragons or you've got too many options taking up that 500 points yeah look at i think um because it's the kraken eater isn't it um yeah, he'd be really good in a get bundo bundo kicking the objective yeah yeah so it'd be really good in a redeemer uh stormkeep list i think um just to get the objectives closer together because you really want to be centered around Gardas, right? So uh, by having two objectives there that you can contest with your, with your castle, uh, the better. Well, it's better than spreading out. So, yeah, I, th I think that would be the only time that I'd use him uh, if I really wanted to have the kick, but I haven't needed it so far. Yeah. yeah. What about F Flamingo Pie mentioning, you know, Karazai, you know, surprised that we are looking so favorably on Karazai when we it's very comparable to to Kragnos and you know mm. people people generally rubbish Kragnos he's like a one-trick pony can he charge <laughs> you and you know do a lot of mortal wounds on the charge or you know he dies to a stiff breeze thoughts yeah. on that comparison ah uh, well Karazai's a dragon dragons are way cool than a model that should have been in Beast of Chaos um so yeah <laughs> No, I think I um, the buffs that you can get in Stormcast really tips uh, Karazai and Krondus damaged sort of over the edge a little bit um, in some instances. Yeah, because uh, Kragnos only has however many attacks, right? And that's sort of it. Um, whereas Krondus and Karazai, their tail, it's not about the claws or the jaws, it's the tail. The tail is the key to that war scroll. Um, the tail attack getting... is it's three inches, hits on three, wounds on a three, Ren two, damage three but the attack sequence as is, is a c below um and yeah so the characteristic of the tail is equal to the amount of enemy models within three inches of the attacking model so he's obviously mm. got a big so, base i can't yeah um i don't know how big it is i'm guessing it's like a 170 or 180 round um but yeah uh yeah send him into some witch elves um you can uh, juice up the attacks by charging into infantry and then you don't actually have to attack that unit either so you can put that into um 
a hero if you like that's near near the unit so yeah multi-charging you're killing a couple units you're, you're healing wounds back you're getting extra attacks yeah it, he's unreal he's way better than kragnos kragnos is a little bitch <laughs> I don't disagree. Like, like uh, I, I think I called him in a previous um, uh, stream. He, he's like, Kragnos is like the, the the person around high school saying that, you know, he's a super Chad, but no one's actually ever seen the girls, the girls or the boys that, you know, they were going for in high school, but they, you know, they were, they were me- like, I don't think he's killed any dragons. He's no ender of any worlds. He, nah. he'll die to a, <laughs> he'll die to a storm drake guard. Well, this has been a good chat. Yeah, just sorry, just quickly on. No, no, please, Kara- please, please, if we, if we would have, if we would have fought in a vacuum, right? Karazai versus um, what's his name? Uh, Kragnos, yeah, he'll Kragnos. be yeah, Kragnos. Kragnos will be Neg one to be just to, uh, to wound. He'll have Neg one attack. I don't know how he kills dragons, man. <laughs> Mate, I I I think uh, Krabnos, the crab from the the IDK warband, is probably better than Kragnos. I would rather Krabnos. Then Kragnos. Yeah. 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 Now, that, that crab is a hidden gem in this game, that's for sure. <laughs> Do you think the tail will get FAQ'd, seem broken to allocate all hits out to one unit? I'm going to say no. Nah, I don't yeah. think it needs to be FAQ'd. I, I think um, the community uh, should show the same, uh, you know, same coming togetherness that they did for to get their star Storm Drake Guard nerfs. Um, but what I think we should do is lobby to GW to reduce the points on Kragnos and Karazai by 100 points each and bring them down to 500 where they probably should be. Um, it, you know, the tail is very situational. Um, it'll be good in some matches against four Mega Gargans. It's absolutely useless. Um, but, you know, uh, it just is what it is. It's not the only thing that's got a rule like that. Like, uh, it's been in the game since AOS 1 in the starter box. Uh, well, yeah. Was it the War Stomper? I think the War Stomper has the same rule. You just calculate. Yeah, yeah, he gets extra. T- but he, he does. He does cap at ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, uh, I'm just trying to think of who the Blades of Corn Scar Bloodwrath. Uh, he has a three inch whip, which gets extra attacks depending on however many models he's into as well. Um, I think it's Neg One Rin Two damage, so it's pretty close. Um, yeah, you got the way, Decimators we- used to be able to do that. By yeah. the way, I think we made some uh, some some poor. I was going to say beast of chaos, but the Kragnos is not even beast of chaos. We made some destruction players sad, saying that we're we're coming at Kragnos. Uh, your mate Dalt, Dalton is is talking about Drakes, and um, look, <laughs> my my issue with Kragnos, and I know if you're joining this stream in your Stormcast, you're like, why on earth do these guys talk about Kragnos? I just want to end it here. He just doesn't synergize very well, and he's stupidly expensive yeah. for what he does. Bring him back to five hundred, yeah. and we talk. Um, I think he's just way overcosted. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, I, I actually am a big fan of uh, Kragnos, but like you just make him cheaper. Um, I think he's unplayable at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, all, all jokes aside. Yeah, I know not. All right, this is this is getting into weirdness. People talk about Noblars <laughs> and Lumineth, and this this detoured significantly. Look, long story short, I like this book. This is not a sales pitch. Yeah. I clearly get nothing. It's actually a really good book. I think. It's the first time I personally have been excited about Stormcast. I've been pretty, um, I've pretty, pretty vocal in the past that I dislike Stormcast. I've never liked the aesthetic. I found that their lore has been boring. I have just never been a fan of Stormcast. But for the first time in seven years, 
my opinion has changed significantly. And I think this is a really good book. There's a lot of cool options. And I like the fact that I'm not, I'm not, fo- I'm not forced down one particular build. I think there's a lot of variety builds and there's mm. only going to be more that are going to be explored and identified um, as, as tournaments kind of kick off and stuff. Because we, because tournaments really only have started using this in the last month. It hasn't been FAQ'd for long. Yeah. So, I reckon um, they're going to be pretty popular uh, moving forward. I reckon uh, it'll be back to the numbers where we're at AOS 1 in events. Um, yeah. Bring it on. I say, if- just give me my fucking dragons. <laughs> That's what I guess. <laughs> I just um, want them. If, if somebody was listening to this and they're not a Stormcast player and they're wondering how to beat Stormcast, do you have any advice for them if they do become popular in the meta? I think, you know, that's probably a really maybe an interesting question to, or maybe it's good for me as a, a Stormcast player to know what I need to avoid in order to, you know, not lose the good toys or to, to, to lose my games. What's the. Yeah. Um, so like the obvious answer is mortal wounds, but we won't touch on that because mortal wounds counter everything. Right. Um, I feel like if you can debuff Stormcast, you're, yeah, winning. So uh, death, soul black gravelords can do that really well. Uh, neg one to wound, hit, attack. You know, just by reducing the damage uh, that they're doing to you means you can sort of attrition with stormcast a little bit better. Um, yeah, then just sprinkle on some mortal wounds and kill stuff when you need to. Um, they don't really rely on uh, hero support too much, so you do actually just want to sort of kill the units, kill the threats, and then it's just a bit of a grind. Yeah. That's all I can really sort of say. They're slow, make them slower, debuffs, yeah. And obviously, you know, there's so many different builds out there, right? You know, you play against a Stormkeep build and you see the Lord Relictor take that model down and, you know, stop the teleport. You know, they're, they're slowly moving up the board. You know, you yeah. come up against, you know, there's obviously so many different builds. You know, you see some long strikes, take them down, um, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's just too many yeah, just, just get familiar with Stormcast. You'll be fine. Yeah. No, look, they're, they're a good book. I, I really like it. And um, I am building a Stormcast army now. And um, I've been building... I've been building... I turned you into a main vind- coach. Vindictors, not Vindicators. I'm building I'm building Vindictors. No? Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to buy you a whole heap of Vindicators in 40K just so you can say that you got both. So, yeah, you are actually confused genuinely. I'm just generally confused. Joel, if people want to watch you more and talk to you, I know you are on social or you're on Twitter. I'll put your handle down below if I haven't already got down there. Yeah. Um, Measured Gaming, great uh, podcast. Uh, I know there's a new episode coming out in the near future and you've obviously got mm-hmm. battle reports happening all the time. Just don't play it around near the kids or work because it is not suitable for yeah. families and <laughs> kids and partners. And um, I'm sure the C word might be dropped occasionally. It seems like a, uh, a thing more, I More than once, yeah. <laughs> Definitely more than once. Uh, uh, it's a bit of fun. You know, where I, I live in a country town. I'm pretty sort of bogan trash, I guess you could say. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's just who we are. We swear a lot. Get used to it. Uh, is is Joel on on my Discord? No, I don't know if Joel knows how to use. Discord. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. I've just got I've, I've got all my Discords muted. I hate the notifications, but I, I get the at one. So if you do mention me, then I'll I'll do have it. to chat. Oh, 
by the way, I was just trying to shit talk you. I know you're in the I know you're in the Discord. Um uh, I don't I don't know if you are. Yeah, anyway, you are in there. So uh we'll get you more active. But uh Joel, any shout outs, anything you want to say before we kind of bring this home? Um, I would shout out my club, but they're all a bunch of C's. <laughs> so yeah, please don't say I'm, I'm that not, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're right. <laughs> but um yeah, no, nah, nah, yeah, shout out to you, Coach. You do a great job, mate. So Really appreciate you um, having me on again. No, it's been a pleasure. And uh, (laughs) I think I would – look, I'm legitimately building a Stormcast army. It's now kind of – I'm playing with Daughters of Cain, but it's my 2022 Armies on Parade. You might see I won store – I won my store Armies on Parade. So that is done. 2022 is my Stormcast army. Let me know in the comments how I should build my list. Are you a Stormkeep or a Scion player? Am I – I'm thinking about building both uh, Krondus and uh, Karazai. Uh, oh, yeah. but if that's the correct yeah. answer. Yeah, I'm just um, you can't stop at one. You need both. <laughs> yeah, I like I like I like it's like the Mega Gargans. I'm like, which Mega Gargan do I want to build? The answer was let's just buy three boxes and just build one of each. And I think that's the yeah. answer. Just get it over and done with, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, very good. Uh, mate. Yeah. But let me know. Let me know, peeps. Comments. You know what to do. YouTubey stuff. Tell me how I should build my list uh, and what the synergies are. I think um, I need a chariot. That's probably the one thing I love. I love that stupid chariot. It's a great looking model for a chariot. It's actually the first chariot store uh, that Games Workshop have released since Age of Sigma. I think um, all the other chariots have just been sort of carried over from fantasy. Yeah. 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 A lot, yeah. A lot of the chariots used to be rubbish. Like you know. We all got excited about Drake's not Drake Sport, the Drake Sport, no, the um the Scourge Runner chariots. Like they were the meta for yeah. a while because they were sixty points. This yeah. thing is like, you gotta look at it. You gotta look at it like a stone horn. Like you gotta look at that chariot and like it's not a shitty chariot. It is a stone horn and it is going to punch you in the face when it charges you. Yep, it's a stone horn that's half the price and it got a better save. <laughs> yeah. Last question: Any units that you'd bring no. into a City of Sigma army? Let's end it there without uh, actually a positive oh. discussion. Is there anything that you'd bring into a city's army? We talked about Mr. Tootie McTootoot in, uh, in, in like Sylvaneth or, or uh, Seraphon. Mm. Uh, what would I bring? Um, protectors, probably, uh, just to give yourself a bit more uh, staying power uh, on the front lines. Um, you can't deep strike them. Oh, Fulminate is a living city, obviously. That, that's a no brainer. Um, that, that's unreal, that combination. Um, maybe the Star Trek, like the Lord Salson Star Trek, also in Living City, uh, just to get the fights first um, stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, I've already told you about Karazai. I've already told you about Karazai in Hall- uh, Hammerhall. I want to see what yep. Krondus can do in Hallow Heart. I think Wizard yep. Dragon in Wizard City or even in Settler's Gain, what could Wizard mm. Dragon and Teclas or Lumineth do in Settler's Gain? I think there could be some spice there. Yeah, that could be interesting. Because I, I also play cities, right? Like I've got yeah. it's probably my third biggest army collection and I've got cities. Um, even um, giving Karazai or Krondus plus three uh, to move in was, turn one plus one save. I was just, yeah, I was just yeah. thinking that. Yeah. That'd be good. Um, <laughs> it's always good when shit goes faster and it, you know, 
has an extra save. Um, yeah, there's I think there's lots of combos and stuff which you could look into. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, interesting. I'm going to give that more thought. I think uh, right, down let's, the track. Let's yeah. list tech. Let's list tech because I love my cities uh, as well. But and also finally, thank you, Reg, for uh, the kind donation to the show. Much appreciated. Let me know, folks, how you are building your list. I want to go to bed. Joel wants to go have some beers. It's an absolute pleasure to have you Lucky. back on the channel. It's <laughs> nice to have your uh, information flex outside of Beast of Chaos. While I do appreciate your Bok point of view, it's been good to hear how you're thinking about Stormcast. And I'm going to do some other shows out there with some other folks. I want to talk a bit about some of the other sides of the book and how other people are, um, are looking yep. at it. But, uh, Joel, you are a legend, and let's do the outro. Thanks, folks. I mean, thanks, mate. See ya. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigma conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.